You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Cape. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Where up, what up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. I'm your host and boy, Al Mega. Welcome one and all. <clears throat> Excuse that. I got to keep drinking some stuff, right, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> today we have an amazing guest, yo. This person, he's an advertiser and design, but he's a tattoo artist. He's a comic book writer, artist. I mean, the project he did was a one-man show, and is it fire? It is called La Mano del Destino, bro. All Lucha Libre. But yes, folks, it's in English, so you could read it. It has its it Spanish in there, which I love. And I'm honored to have the person that created this wonderful project because part two will be on Zoop, Zoop, right? Coming soon. So <laughs> the one and only Mr. Jay Gonzo. Oh, hey, Al, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you for coming on and talking about your amazing, amazing uh, comic book, bro. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for having me, too. I appreciate this. No, nah, man, I, I, I needed to have you on because once I saw the, this book, I was like, okay, this is right up my alley. And then after I've read it, I was like, oh, my God, is this so up my alley? And I think up the alley of so many uh, comic book fans and wrestling fans and action fans and magic fans. I mean, this has it all, bro. You <laughs> talk about a melting pot of goodness in, in one book. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I wanted to put, like, all the things that I uh, that I love, you know? Like, it's a love letter to, like, you know, Silver Age comics, to, like, Lucha Libre, to my Latin culture, to, uh, you know, like, uh, graphic design, you know, like, all of that. Like, everything I love about uh, a lot of different things was was able to gel into that one project for a Series 1 that happened. Um, you know, I wrapped that up in 2019, and I put the, the trade paper back together in uh, 2020. Uh, and then earlier this year, uh, I, I ran a um, – you were talking about it being in English – uh, the comics themselves, the single issues that I did over the past 10 years, those were all in English primarily, a little bit of Spanglish. Uh, and then um, when I did the trade paperback, I did a 400-page, all six issues in English on one side, and then a flip book, you flip it over, and then all six issues are, are in Spanish on the other side. That's the Kickstarter campaign that I did uh, in 2020, uh, and then have been slowly fulfilling that through 2021. Um, and then because of that success, I got a, uh, a top cow reached out to me and wanted to do an English-only version for the direct market. Uh, and that came out through Top Cow and Image in May. Uh, and now, uh, due to the success on that, now I'm launching Series 2 uh, through Zoop, uh, you know, crowdfunding that again for, you know, the single issues. And uh, I don't know where the trade's going to end up when we get to the trade. Right now, I'm just, I'm worried about making the issues good, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. But I know Top Cow's going to pick this up again. And first, we're gonna, I want to show you all the beauty behind this book real soon. But first, let's begin. So, you know, where, where, Jay, where are you from? Uh, I'm from California, from uh, the city of Cyprus. It's just inside Orange County, across the L.A. County line. So, like, when I say I'm from Orange County, people have a very distinct idea of what that might look like. That is not how I grew up at all. I'm literally <laughs> as far from, like, Laguna Beach and all that nonsense, like you see on okay. TV, as you can possibly get and still be inside Orange County. In fact, my family's all East Los. Like, they're all, like, you know, Pico Rivera, Montebello. Um, my family, my parents just escaped just beyond the, uh, into the Orange Curtain. And uh, so, like, my life is more East Los Angeles than it is, like, Orange County. Like, I went to you know, Pico Rivera and Boyle Heights way more often okay. than I went to Laguna or, or uh, you know, Capistrano Beach or anything like that. Like, um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, like, you know, uh, I guess culturally I'm a Southern California boy. Uh, was there for the first 20 years of my life, you know. The first 20. Excellent, yep. excellent, man. And uh, how was the community you growing up over there? Uh, you know, like, and I also want to know, I was, first I was a comedian, of course, like, 
what was your first introduction into, you know, pop culture fandom and who brought that into your life? Oh, man. So um, actually, Orange County's very, uh, very mixed. It's very blended in a way that L.A. is kind of like segmented, right? Like at Koreatown and the Mexican part of town and like the, you know, the Armenian part of town, like all these little like areas of town. Um, and they are very like you can spend your whole day in um, like in Pico Rivera, Montebello and never see anything other than a Mexican. Right. Uh, but uh, where I grew up in Cyprus, like, you know, my school was. Uh, like, we did have a lot of Latinos there, uh, a lot of white people, but, like, a lot of Filipinos, a lot of, like, Vietnamese. Uh, like, you know, it was just a lot of, like, different kind of culture. Like, you know, my best friends growing up were, like, I had an Irish friend, a German friend, a Filipino really? friend. You know, like, it was just, like, uh, you know, a black friend. Like, it was just all this weird kind of, like, you know, mix. Of, it, it didn't seem that weird at the time. I, like, like the ideas of kind of separating by kind of, like, ethnicity didn't really dawn on me till much later in life, you know? Because yeah. I was just I, – my, my, I had my boys, you know? Like, we were all just hanging out. It all seemed cool. Um, and it, you know, it seemed like a, a relic from the past, but, um, but then I would go into like, see my, you know, stay with my grandparents and see like my extended family. And that was all very like, like Chicano, like, you know, East Los Angeles. <laughs> um, and that's like another, like, that's kind of got me when Lucha Libre it was a very, uh, it was something that kind of existed in East LA for me. Like I would go see okay. my Nana, we would walk to the bodega. I would see the luchadors at the, at like the little, the little, uh, cheaply made plastic toys at the, at the bodega <laughs> yes. there and the little like color forms. And then like. The Spanish station didn't really come in that good in in Cyprus, but it did like in in Montebello and Pico Rivera. So I'd like I could watch like El Santo movies and stuff. So um, oh, I yeah. grew up on those man, El Santo, and Mascara, all that. Well, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Like all of that, you know, like Blue Demon, like all of those, like that. That's like such a part of my childhood, and you know, like watching movies and and, and uh, matches. And I don't speak Spanish, like my, you know, si hablo un poquito español, you know, very badly too. But I, you know, uh, but I'm working on. You that. got that you, California Spanish? I yeah, yeah, it. exactly. Like, pero estoy aprendiendo. Like I'm you working. You can defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I, I know enough to know that I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so that's but, like, but but do you know enough where? You could understand what I would say I, in Spanish, think, you, but you're going to answer me in English. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. pretty much that's my daughter. I, that's my daughter. Like, you <laughs> understand every word. I'm like, yeah, Grandma. But yeah. everything's got to be in English. So, so I'm like, I'm, you should see this. These two people are speaking two different languages, but fully yep. comprehend one another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like how I talk to my grandparents and stuff. So, and I, But I also... um. My grandparents were, like, a bigger part of my life when I was very little, so I'm used to speaking to everyone like they're a child. Or, like, you know, like I, I have this uh, very <laughs> child kind of, you know, sing-songy pronunciation. Like, ay, pobrecita. Like, you know, I just I get oh, very... Uh, oh, my God. You don't know about Puerto Ricans. Ay, bendito. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, uh, yeah. So I, I tend to talk with a very, like, I'm talking to a child all the time when I try to speak Spanish. I have to remember to sound like an adult. Um, but to answer your other question, so... Uh, you know, I, I'd always been a fan of like uh, of like art, you know, like animation art, that sort of thing. And um, I remember getting like a set of Marvel like stamps from my from my grandmother, my dad's stamps, mom, my nana. Yeah, they stamps. were just little like like you know rubber stamps, you would, and they were they were all like Kirby drawings of like Captain America and Fantastic Four. And I just loved the the graphic nature of the black and whiteness of it, and how bold everything was, and it, like it was just so like captivating. And then my uh, my uh, Grandparents, my dad's parents, um, they got the L.A. Times because they lived in L.A. County. We got the Orange County Register because we lived in Orange County. Uh, the the funny pages in Orange County didn't have the Spider-Man Daily Strip. The ones in uh, L.A., uh, the L.A. Times did. Okay. And so my uh, my dad's dad, like, knew that I liked Spider-Man. And so he would literally just cut them out of the paper every day because he's a guy who read the paper every day. And so oh, wow. every so often, we just, like, every couple weeks, i go see my nana, and there'd just be a stack of Spider-Man strips, and I would just, like, I, I love the art style. hooked up, man. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so I, I mean, I just love Spider-Man. I love that oh. style. Um, I love Spider-Man as a character. Uh, he's, he's the reason I do comic books. Like, uh, you know, that John Romita 
illustrated Spider-Man from the 70s is like, it, that's my Spider-Man. Yeah, um, and when yeah. I had the power record, I literally have the power record up on the wall here the, 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 with the Ramita cover that, oh, that uh, Dick Giordano did the artwork. I actually talked to uh, Neil Adams about that because he's the guy who facilitated all of the artists from Marvel doing the work for power records. Yeah. Uh, and we, yeah, he and I had a, a really cool conversation about it. But anyway, um, and then it was like somewhere I was like, you know, maybe nine or ten years old. Uh, you know, G.I. Joe was like the action figures were out and I didn't know that the comics were out. I just went to a 7-Eleven to get like a um, – I think like just a Slurpee or something. And my, my buddy, uh, a really good friend of mine named, named Artie Smith, uh, he uh, he was like, hey, man, I got to get, get my comics. I'm like, comics? Like, well, they still make those? They seem like, you know, yeah, like, like they, or something. Like, yeah, ah, something from like the, they still make like, those? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like lawn darts or something, like, you know, fabled. Like, oh, I guess, you know. And like, yeah, there's a spinner rack at 7-Eleven, and he just grabs like a G.I. Joe, and he let me see it. Um, it was Do like, you remember what issue? Because I it was, uh, it was issue, uh, I want to say 12 or 13. Let me look it up right now. I actually own it again. Like, I, I I borrowed it from him that day, and it was never really mine. But then later on in life, I'm like, this is the first comic I yeah. saw off the rack. And oh, um, cool. I do believe, was it like 82, 83? Let me see here. Um, issue 12. I think it's 12, maybe 11. Hold on a sec. Let me let me see if I can pull this up on my phone. See, mine was around around the Origin of Snake Guys when I got my okay. first eyes. Because I love Snake Guys, and they said the or- when I saw the cover, I said, Origin of Snake Guys. Oh, that's the oh, one with the, uh, where he gets his face blown off. It's got the three of them on the cover, right? Yeah, like, yeah, the, it has the, the red cover is. with the photos and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, hold on a sec. Let me see. I don't so, need uh, to look that up, folks. I- yeah, it's a good issue. I remember being really disturbed by, like, how his face gets blown off in that issue. Like, Yeah, right? And just um, not how, how fucked up Storm Shadow is. Like, we get more into the story. Like, you know, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Because we get that story, too. And that's a classic first appearance. I mean, that's probably one of the greatest first appearances ever. A whole silent issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? You know what? And I, I saw a cartoon it was, like uh, it was issue nine. It's the one with uh, Scarlet, like, falling out of the helicopter on the, on the cover mm. of it. So that was like 82 or 83. God, I'd have to look that up. Um, so then and that was like I was kind of casually into comics. It was like a, I would go and buy wow. three or four of what like looked cool. And then it wasn't until um, – so that kind of uh, – and uh, I don't even think Amazing Spider-Man was out. Like it was, was, wasn't being bought at that, uh, at that 7-Eleven that was near my house. Okay. Um, and uh, so I would just buy what I could find. There were some Thors I got. I remember getting some old Avengers. And then um, – it wasn't until Web of Spider-Man number one came out, oh. and that's when, like, the, that Zet cover, like that. Gorgeous. Like, yeah, yeah, everything about that, like the black costume, the painted cover. Yes. Uh, that's when I was like, now I'm a comic book collector. Like, like uh, Web of Spider-Man number one, and uh, like, it was, a number, it was number one. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suit? Well, the... I'd seen the black suit, like, mentioned it from, like, Secret Wars and stuff, and, like, okay. I'd seen it happen, but uh, – but it never looked as cool as it did on the cover of Web of Spider-Man number one. Uh, the font treatment on Web of Spider-Man, like everything about it, just seems so like current. Iconic. It's iconic. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so since then, like you know, and then I just started buying everything Marvel, you know. And it's like I'm becoming a fan when like Simonson's on Thor, when uh, you know Miller's still doing Daredevil. Like you know, it's just you know the, the it was the, spoiled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the Dark Knight <laughs> comes out like a year later. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like launches Jesus that year. Christ, like, bro. just it just. It was a good time to get into yes, comics. Uh, I didn't realize how good I had it until much, much uh, later. But um, I, until right now, right when you start looking at a lot of the stuff, and, and then yeah. you're like, "Damn!" You're like, then you see value on top of that. You're like, "Oh my god!" I ha- ah, my god! I yeah, yeah, I'm having attacks on Instagram. Yeah, those <laughs> books that I had that I'm like, "Oh man!" Like, and I, I keep having to go back and buy them. And now I'm realizing like what I let go because uh, like I loved uh, Kamiko when that started. Like when they started doing color stuff, like Kamiko oh, was doing like the, wow. the Grendel with the Panda Brothers. Oh and, yes. Um, elementals and justice machine 
um, that, mm. that Mike Gustavich book. Like, I love those, and I had them and got rid of them, and now I'm, like, going back and trying to, like, put a Grendel run together, the Kamiko Grendel run together. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I have one. I have I have two through six now, but it's like they get, like, hard to find, and they're also, like, yeah. kind of pricey if you want, like, a decent condition one to read. I just buy my comics to read them. Like, I don't I don't have any slab comics. I don't look at them as investments. Well, I hate slab comics. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. get rid of most of my collection because I finally decided. I've let go of so much stuff over yeah. my life, Jay. I mean, yeah. tons. All right, I'm going to thoroughly only really collect hardcore Spawn and, oh, nice. and Conan. That's it. I have tons of other stuff. I'm going to start getting rid of it. The only thing that, I'm, that I am going to hold on to is my Captain America run by Mark Gruenwald. Because I oh, think yeah, that he's one of the most underrated Captain America writers of all time, creators. Because he gave yeah. Cap a whole fucking Rose Gallery, and no one gives yeah. him any respect. Son. Well, I think, I mean, like, most of the Marvel, current Marvel universe is being predicated on all of that Greenwald stuff. It, I mean, you it, look it at is, but is the credit there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also gone, too, so, like, what's, what good is it going to, you know? But I think people who know know how good that Greenwald stuff is, oh, you know? Like, all of that, like, you know, U.S. agent stuff, like, mm. that was fantastic. That mm. run up to uh, 150 or 100, maybe? I don't remember, like, what it, it anyway, it was... Yeah, I was, I would, again, that, that was what I was buying off the rack. You know, it was yeah. just the stories that were happening when I was... Uh, and you, know, you the, and I are about the same era, brother. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. For sure, man. But, uh, yeah, yeah, man, that, that's that's how I got into comics, you know. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd always, like, uh, like wanted to draw them from very little, you know, kind of uh, always trying to, like, put comics together, drawing, like... I remember doing, like, a book fair poster with, like, Wolverine on it when I was, yeah. like, in... Uh, and when I was going to school. Um, and then I got accepted to, like, the Orange County High School of the Arts for, like, their visual oh, art wow, program. Cool. To be like a, a fine artist, you know, uh, a and they fine just, artist, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, well, like, yeah, painting, sculpting, printmaking, all of that stuff, you know, like all cool. the kind of a classic training, you know, uh, and um, and they just poo pooed the hell out of uh, comic books, man. They they saw no really? value in it, yeah. Wow, they they, they shit on it pretty hard. And uh, okay, I swear on your show, guy. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely, okay. bro. Okay, cool. cool. An adult um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they uh, they definitely uh, most of my teachers there really shit on comic books, and then um. And then I like you know getting out of school. I just like I I had seen so many of my friends start to graduate and try to make it as like artists and how hard that was. And I decided I didn't want to be a starving artist, so I jumped into um <laughs> what used to be called production art or commercial art, okay. uh, graphic design. And then I I got my degree in graphic design and uh and kind of always kind of balanced like as some something between graphic design and being an illustrator because I've always illustrated. And then uh, and then as soon as I got my degree though, I, that's when I. That's when I learned how to tattoo. That's when I like. Oh really? Uh, like literally the uh, like within you get a month. a fine art degree and goes, I want to be a tattoo artist. Well, I mean, I have a fine art degree. I have a, a graphic design degree and graphic a fine art design. education. Fine art and then wow. uh, I think it helped me as a tattoo artist. And literally the the same month I got my degree, I finally got my degree. Uh, I got offered an apprenticeship to tattoo, and I did that. I was in shops for like six or seven years, and then okay. uh, and then I had kids, and I was like. Uh, you know, tattooing's great because you'll make like seven hundred bucks cash like in a day, but also you'll go two weeks without making a penny. You know what I mean? So you'll you'll and, and my daughter was going to be hungry every day, so I needed like a job with like benefits to pay. So uh, I had to um I had to like get a real job. So that's when I dusted off the portfolio and got and started working in advertising. And I just nice. you know flopped around advertising. Uh, advertising or tattooing? Uh, oh, tattooing. Advertising. I mean, oh, yeah. tattoo is fun. I'm not even going to oh, ask yeah. that. Because I've met amazing people as tattoo artists. Not that I'm tired, but I've gone yeah. with people when they got on their tattoos. Just the conversations, bro. But, you know, but, you know, yeah. but here you are. You, 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 you love comics. You go to tattoos, but then you're doing this corporate advertising thing. Yeah, you know, it was tattooing that got me back into comics because I had taken like a couple years off of it. And then the guy who apprenticed me 
to tattoo. He was a big comic fan, and we our shop was in the same plaza as uh, Greg's Comics in Mesa, Arizona. Okay. And I would just walk down, and like he had a pull box, and so I was his apprentice. So every Wednesday, he's like, "Hey, go pick, go pick up my pull box," and I would go pick pick his pull box up, and I would buy new comics. And um, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's how I got back into like really being a fan, and I haven't looked back. Like that's the only break I took was like between when I graduated high school and like. 21 like so yeah. like you know what is that like three years i took off and then yeah. i jumped back i took comics. a break too i took a break too yeah. so, you know you know i got married you know kids came yeah, along exactly. and, and uh i took a break for a couple of years but the only thing i didn't i mean when i say break i i, I always picked up my spawn but i really stopped buying everything else I was like, I yeah let me just keep this collection because i have this uh, I, I, i'm that person no, right when, yeah. when transformers came out from dreamwave oh yeah yeah I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And then it was that shit that pulled me back in. I had everything Dreamwave transformed. I mean, what a what a cool fucking run, bro. Yeah, I don't know what pulled me back in. Like, I remember Sin City was coming out. I remember reading that, really enjoying it. Um, I'm trying to think what really got me back into You know what it was? It was, uh, it was Jason Pearson's body bags. Because, uh, like, when Image started, like, that kind of, when they kind of figured out what they were doing post-Founders, because yeah, it took them a minute, like, once the Founders kind of, like, started dropping the ball and, like, you know, Rob gets fired and all of that, and then Jim and Rob go back to Marvel, they kind of floundered for a minute, and then it was, like, when when Jason Pearson put out body bags to Image, and the Image kind of figured out, like, you know, and that's right before, um, like, uh, uh, Battle Chasers comes out, and, like, you know, that, like, that kind of, uh, that wave of, like, uh, of, of, uh, um, of image creators, like, yeah. that's, like, but Pearson's body bags is what pulled me back in from my break, like, because I was kind of casually mm. just reading, like, what my boss had, and then, uh, and then when he had, he got body bags number one, I'm like, I'm going to get one of these for myself. So, oh, nice. uh, speaking of which, Jason's actually a friend of mine now, and uh, I, I have tattooed him. I have, like, he has uh, two oh, uh, the dead skulls on his chest <laughs> I tattooed. Yeah. Uh, it would bring yeah. it all full circle. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, but back to your advertising question, I, I did it, I was, I, I I do enjoy it. Like I do now, and I spent you know close to thirty years in advertising. Oh wow! Uh, was pretty good at it, and had always kind of like uh, it's a place you can kind of advance quickly in. Like if you're good, like they'll let you do the next thing. Like they don't care if you're young or whatever. You know, and it's, at one point I was like one of the youngest people, kind of like with my level of authority, and now I'm an old timer when I like you know. So, <laughs> and I really just walked away from it about you know two or three years ago. Like I, I oh, still wow. would like freelance because uh, I I worked. At agencies for you know uh, probably close to eight years, and then I got a job uh, doing graphic design and advertising for Todd McFarlane at McFarlane Productions, and I did that for four years. And then when I left there, I started doing my own comic, but I also just jumped back into doing like freelance advertising. I ended up being a creative director at an ad agency, I, like you know I had, I had a Don Draper's job. Like I, I uh, was a, you know I had a staff and a corner office and a secretary and everything <laughs> and uh, expense accounts and all that shit. Um, but it, it, the higher up you go in advertising, the less you you actually end up just do, like, being creative. Yeah. At some point, you're just managing creatives. Like, you're just looking at budgets and schedules, and you're not really generating ideas. And, and that's the thing that, like, that's when I walked away from, like, being an employee. So that was, like, 2011, I guess. It's been about 10 years since I was, like, oh, like I had a boss. And then I was, like, oh, I'm just going to freelance. Like, I'm just walking away from this. And, uh, and I, I so then I freelanced for, like, another, you know, eight, eight-ish years. And then a couple years ago... I had enough illustration and comic book work that, uh, yeah, I didn't have to, like, I had got offered, like, some advertising freelance, and I was like, no, I don't have to do that. <laughs> like, I like I don't think I'm going to do that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, I don't mind doing the graphic design. I don't like doing aspects of advertising, but I can't get pulled into campaign life anymore, like managing okay. campaigns and strategies and stuff. It just, it gets, um, 
it gets all-consuming, and, and everybody was an expert, and everybody worries about the wrong metrics of success. And, and what I do in the kind of, like, because I, when I learned graphic design, we were still using stat cameras to shoot PMTs, to wax them down on the artboards and, like, getting film shot. Uh, and wow. now that every, all ever or a lot of advertising markets have just moved into the digital space and, and the ROA, ROI becomes like click-through rates and stuff like that. Like, and it's ridiculous. Like the click-through <laughs> rate of like a successful click-through rate is like 3%. Like if I could guarantee 3% click-through rate on any ad I made, I would be our, our creative director of the year. You Isn't I mean? that like, crazy though? What, yeah, that's yeah. the only job that, that, that a low rate is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, 3% click-through rate. Holy shit. Oh what do we do God. here? Let's, yeah, let's examine oh, it. Let's yeah, but that that doesn't that doesn't measure engagement, and so I'm very old school and kind of like what I feel like advertising can do, and and so yeah. I just became a pain in the ass. Like now I'm just bumming people out, trying to like preach some old school like methodology and ethos to people who just care about what's shiny and new. So I just had to walk away. Luckily, I had enough uh, <laughs> illustration work to kind of get out of there. So, so yeah, so I've just been doing comics. All right, so let's let's get into that. All right, man. What made you decide? What was that day? And of inspiration that you said, oh, man, that's it. This is this is the day, and this is what I'm going to do. What was that moment? Oh, so, oh, Jesus, there's, there's a weird question. Um, <laughs> I just, it was actually, like, a culmination of things. Like, I kind of, like, Lucha Libres were, like, like, Luchadors were, like, my heroes as a kid growing up, and I kind of kept seeing them in American pop culture, and they never wrestled. Like, they were hitmen, or they were bodyguards, or they were, like, detectives, and I just kind of, like, like, you know, like, and I'm going to see anything that has a luchador in it, and I just kind of kept getting bummed out. I'm like, why doesn't the wrestlers, like, wrestle? Why, why, like, why are they wrestling? Why are they not kicking ass? Why is, yeah, why, don't he, why does he even have a mask on if he's never, if he's going to pull a gun out or if he's going to, you know, like, like the guy, he's a luchador, let, let him be a luchador. And then um, kind of tangential to that, I kind of, like, you know, they kind of became a punchline, you know? Like, it, it got to be like, ah, look at this dumb fucking guy with a mask yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, he was always kind of like a big idiot, you know, like with a mask on and like, uh, and then. You know, broader than that, like, you know, like, you, you, every time you see, like, a Latino or, like, a Mexican in an American movie, they're kind of like a joke. Like, look at this kind of, like, dim-witted Mexican Bro, guy. Who's don't like, get know. me started on that conversation, but that's the one oh, thing dude. that make Al Mega red. Because and then there's, like, you I know, so whenever you see Mexico in an American movie, it's, like, sepia tone and brown and dirty looking. And so much of, like, America is just, like, obsessed with Mexican violence and poverty. Like, they fetishize yeah. it in a way that, like, no other stories can exist. And so, in my head, I just kind of kept saying... Someone needs to do something where, like, Lucha Libre is important, where, like, the, yes. the bright, vibrant hues of, like, Latino culture are there, where the, the wrestler wrestles, where Mexico is shown in a positive light. And then I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm someone. I should do that. And I don't know when the actual, like, I just, like, I'm going to do a Lucha Libre comic, I think was kind of, like, the thought. Like, I had, um, I had worked on some, like, dumb drawings for stuff when I was working for Todd, and I had drawn these, like, Lucha Spawn stuff. Oh, yeah. And then, and, and I, by and the I, way, he works for Todd. Yeah, he has a nice letter recommendation. On oh yeah, yeah, share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's on my website. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he's he's a great dude. Um, and uh, yeah. So and then when I uh, when I left uh, McFarlane and I was like out looking for other work, like when I was looking showing my portfolio off, that's the thing that like like comic book editors were gravitating toward these like luchador drawings I had done. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to do, like, I, I had the story idea that I, like, I cobbled together. I made sure Todd wasn't going to use it. I'm like, hey, man, are, like, are you going to do anything with, like, that, that Lucha Spawn stuff? And he's like, nah, man, you, you can do what you want. Like, you know, he, I oh, think wait, he felt, wait yeah, yeah. a minute. You yeah, yeah. fucked me up. Lucha Spawn? That was yeah, yeah. Like, that possible? That was something we were working on when I was there, but oh. it left when I left because he didn't have anyone kind of capable of pulling it off. Oh, so, my God, bro. Yeah. Bro, bro I need, I, uh, now I am picturing a He-Manisk. A He-Man looking spawn, looking yeah, like yeah. a Luchador. Yeah, no, I mean we we had worked on it, but I mean it, it, it left when I did, and, and Todd gave it to me. So. 
Oh, sorry, I man. love it. Bro, I, if uh, if the industry oh. had been a little better, if I had stayed there a little longer, you might have gotten Lucha Spawn. So um, I would have, yo, bro. I would have been over there like like brown on rice. Oh man, that would, it, it was going to be cool, you know. Uh, anyway, so would, uh, that was the thing that like a lot of editors dug, and so um, I kind of had a vague idea of what I would want to do with it. And then um, one of the editors who dug it was over at Dark Horse, and they're like, "Hey, man, this is cool. Like, do you have a whole story to go with this?" And so I said, "Yeah, of course I do." You know, cause, yeah. because 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 that's what you do with editors. You say yes, and they figure it out after the fact. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Well, let me see a whole first issue." And what your plan would be for the miniseries? I'm like, okay, cool. Ooh. So that I went home and I was like, okay, and I and I have a bunch oh, of like <laughs> ideas like kind of floating my around about like oh, yeah. destiny and identity. And there, you know, I toyed with the idea of like it being a little darker and violent, and then also ideas of it being kind of a little more slapstick and like funny. And I kind of was like, no, this needs to kind of like ride that line of like the humor needs to come from how serious it is. And not like a wink and a nod, like, look how dumb this is. Like, it needs to be a celebration of yeah. these things because I don't want it to be a piss take where people can get the wrong idea about it. Like, I want this to be like a love letter. And so I, I came up with a story and the, I did the whole first issue. And then I, Dark Horse ultimately passed, obviously. But I had done all the work and I was like, well, shit, like, I have a whole first issue. I know what I want to do with the rest of it. I'm just going to go. I'm going to move forward. So uh, I, I did that. I, I showed it off to a few other editors. Everyone dug it, but nobody wanted to, to publish it. You just didn't have room, like, you know, uh, in their uh, in their roster for in it. In the schedule but, roster? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And everybody, like, was really positive, though. Like, every editor I mm. talked to, like, Bob Shrek was super, you know, uh, approving of, like, um, uh, God, the guys over, like, I'm trying to think, uh, Oni was really, like, positive about it. I think when Chris Rial was over I there mean, still. I love that, the positivity, that, brother, but, I mean, here you're bringing an original Latino story. You know, you yeah, know, well, like, you know history and story. I mean, without without feeling that way, which is what's great. Yeah, about yeah. It. I mean, like, I, it had to be authentic to me. Like, that was the thing that, like, I just get bummed out about. Like, any time I see Mex, again, like all this time I see Mexico, Mexican culture, lucha libre, anything about like my culture gets misrepresented. I get you. Uh, and, and they, you know, under the guise of realism, but like, oh, we just need to talk about cartels and violence and beheadings and stuff like well, that. That's like, not yeah. all that Mexico is. Mexico. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, if you only showed the shitty parts of, of America, you would think, like, if you only showed, like, downtown, like, Los Angeles and Detroit <laughs> and the, you know. Fucking the... go right here. I'm in Orlando, Florida. Orlando oh, yeah, yeah. sounds nice, right? But go to, go to Orange Blossom Trail. Let me, let me see you last night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if all you ever saw was the shittiest parts of America, you would think it was a shithole, too. So. It was a ghetto. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, you know what? They do. Only saw the prettiest parts, which is about five percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just just on the coast here and there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. look at this little re- resort spot. So uh, anyway, I, I just wanted. It was important to me that it would be re- represented in a, in a positive light and be a, a celebration of the beauty of my culture, and not this kind of like uh, dour, you know, uh, you know, like let's let's be you know miserable for you know maudlin kind of like ex- examination of the misery of the human condition. Because I'm over that with comics. I mean, comics should be fun and exciting, and, and that's yes. why. I, at the end of the day, like I just wanted. You know, my, my pitch when nobody knew who I was, I was like, you know, people were like, oh, what's this about? I'm like, hey, remember when comics were fun? Like, that's what this comic <laughs> is. It's just, it's just dumb fun. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of – that was that aha moment was, like, when I realized it needed to be fun, that's – and then also, like, you know, when I worked for McFarland, I couldn't really show my kids anything I worked on. And then uh, when I decided to do my own thing, I'm like, I want to make this so that, like, people my age could dig it, but also my kids can, like, read and understand it and enjoy it as well. And, and that was kind of, like, that, that, that kind of uh, – center median yeah. path you that I was going to take with it. I wanted to dive into the world, but first, let me, you know, this is uh, the trailer for the Series 2. Okay. I have imagery for Series 1, so so I want people to be teased, because once you see Series 2 teased here, folks, yeah. you're going to have to get Series 1, because <laughs> like he said, it's true. Making fun comics fun again, 
so I don't I don't want to use it in that way. It's something like that that, that, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. that butthole mouth. But I'm saying that he definitely <laughs> um, has some great comics here that that does bring it back to the heyday where you're like, oh man, this is just a great story. So check out this trailer for series two, which is going to be coming on Zoom. <laughs> Hey everybody, Jay Gonzo here, creator of Lamano Del Destino. Just wanted to take a second to let you know that Series 2 of Lamano Del Destino is going to be happening through Zoo. Series 2 is slated to be a five-issue miniseries, still written and drawn by me. In the original series, we hinted at a broader world in which Lucha Libre was the most important thing in that world, and in this series, we're going to be exploring that much, much further. Because the luchadors are famous in their world, they do things like make TV shows, have cartoons about them, and make movies. In this first issue, we're going to have the entirety of one of the movies Lamano has made. This movie is called Tangier Target and is an homage to the James Bond films of the 1960s. It involves Lamano going off to foreign lands as a proxy for the CIA and finding trouble along the way. Issue one of this series is going to be an 80-page giant wherein we see the direct continuation of the story from the first series. Then we'll move to a movie premiere and watch the entirety of Tangier Target and see the comic book adaptation of that movie, concluding in the last section of the book, which will be back in the real world of Lamano del Destino. As this series explores the world of Lamano del Destino, we will be introduced Introducing many new characters, both friend and foe, as well as exploring new exotic locales within the world of Lumano del Destino. Backing this campaign will allow me to solely focus on the creation of Lumano del Destino. We'll be closing at the end of January, and I will be producing the book through February and March for early spring delivery on the books. I know some of you backed the Kickstarter on this and have moved over to Zoop to support me, and I thank you for that. Uh, I know some of you are wondering why I've gone with Zoop, and to be honest with you, it's just the uh, wonderful support that they offer. With Zoop, they handle all the fulfillment and logistics, and all I have to worry about is making the artwork. And those of you who did back the Kickstarter know all the problems I had with the logistics there. So I've called in some trained professionals to help me on that front so I can make sure the quality stays as good as it was with the original. I thank you for your time, and I hope you consider backing. Hey, Papa, I didn't know about that about Zoop either, kiddo. They, they help on that level? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they do all the production and all the fulfillment, which oh. is why I went with them. I mean, because my Kickstarter was a, uh, it, it has been a logistical nightmare, man. Like, just, uh, oh, man. you know. What troubles? Was, Talk uh, about that. Was this your, that, was that your first Kickstarter? Yeah, it was my and, first Kickstarter. And it was okay, ambitious. So, yeah, it was 400 okay. pages. Uh, all had to be, like, offset lithography. I couldn't print it digitally because of its size and, and the, the paper stock. It's like, my comics are on newsprint. I want them, like, look and feel and smell like old comics because they happen in the city. Oh, I love it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why, I mean, that's why they, they look the way they do. Like, I wanted to appropriate this kind of, like, like stereotypical, like, Anglo yes. hero parado- paradox or paradigm and, like, subvert it into, like, you know, being about, like, like Latin culture. So, um, anyway, uh, and it was, like, oversized and it's spot varnished and it has a, uh, a gold foil belly band that goes around it that's a championship belt re- replica. Ooh. So it was ambitious. Um, but, and everything went smoothly. Like, we funded, it was, you know, it was, it was a, you know, like a 30, or sorry, a $40,000 Kickstarter that funded. So, uh, but wow. then the world just fell apart as COVID continued to go on. Like I, I was given assurances, all this stuff would happen in the timely manner. Um, our paper supplier went out of business. And so we had to get what? like, we had to find a new paper supplier and now we're in the back of the line. We're, we're, we're behind everyone else who had to scramble to find a new paper supplier. So the ones that stayed in business have now taken on all the other people who need paper suppliers. And so, you know, and I'm only printing like, you know, 500 books. So we're at the back of the line. And then like our bindery, like our, our went out of business, uh, and so, like the spot varnish, the the foil stamping, the uh, the laminating of the covers, the the uh, edge printing, all of that, like 
had to be like we had one place that was going to do it all. Now we had to do five places, and again we're back of the line. So every step is now literally five times longer, and we're in line behind everybody else. Uh, just getting like shipping boxes took uh, it took a shipping company like they're a shipping company. That's all they do is ship stuff. I bought boxes from them. It took me almost six weeks to get my boxes from them. What? It was like just dumb stuff. Like and then. Like I wanted to, I, these, uh, one of the reward tiers I had was like silkscreen prints, and so I just needed to go buy some silkscreen hinges. Or, or these hinges that hold the screen together, yeah. because my my company that normally does my screen printing, they're backed up until like you know March. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'll do this myself. I just need to go buy some you know, some of these hinges. Those hinges are on back order. Those are going to be another four weeks to come in. Like every, I mean, even the ink that I use to do the the doodles that I do is one of the reward tiers. Like. That ink was wasn't being made for like three months in the beginning of this year. Like I just was like, or the beginning of of twenty twenty one, like oh I need some black refill and I need these color refill. Like oh yeah, they're they're not they're on hold right now. Like they're not making, they're not manufacturing any new ones and the, and we're trying to get rid of the old ones. And I'm like, well you don't have the inks I need of the old ones. Just every little, I mean I can't I can't even tell I'm you so all the dumb sorry, little things that happen. And so I'm still about two thirds of the way through my fulfillment on the Kickstarter that funded a year ago. Oh, uh, and it just, man. but I, but uh, if this happens, literally, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is take a few weeks and just kick out everything I owe for the Kickstarter. So anyone who back to Kickstarter will absolutely have their book in their hand before I even start on this series too, because I owe them their stuff first, and that's my commitment. So doing that, um, but yeah, I mean, it was creator. You see that he thinks about the fans first. Yeah, so. I mean that's you know, the whole book is about like what people enjoy. Like I'm not, it, it's definitely not a money grab. Like I'm not making money for this thing. Like I'm for sure, you know. Uh, I mean, I after that horror story, I mean, you, yeah, you, yeah. you were lucky if you kept the fifty cents out there. Oh man, I, I'll be I'll honestly be lucky if it doesn't make me broke at the end of the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so long as yeah. you're not have to remortgage the apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to sell my bike. Or something, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, but it, you know, so doing that, and then just because of all of that, I'm like, yeah. and then also I have to like answer every email that comes in about the campaign. I have to like you know do all the correspondence. I've got so to like you manage have multiple hats on top of. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one man show, and so uh, it's just it's a lot to take wow. on. It was a lot to do. I mean, I'm the guy who pulled every silk screen print the other weekend. Once I got my hinges on a on a on a healing broken arm that like you know isn't great for me. So. Uh, having Zoop on board and them being like, we take care of everything. I'm like, wow. absolutely, let's do that. You guys take care of everything. I will draw the comic How and make sure it looks good. How did you find them? How did you find them, bro? They reached out to me. Really? Uh, I I know that. Yeah, I mean, so once the once the image deal happened, uh, you know, my my phone started ringing. You know, people started asking me what was going on. Uh, Zoop, I think Eric had one of the guys over there, Eric Moss. I think he had backed the project, and so he was aware of it. And then was like, hey, man, this is something you would want to bring to Zoop. And then we had a lot of conversations. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they came to me. And, and that's kind of wow. – uh, so after, like, you know, having done this book all myself for 10 years and then doing a, a robust Kickstarter that funded and then um, and then the quality of that that came out uh, and then being able to take that to image, like, now suddenly everyone knows my name. Like, I didn't see the 10 years of work I put in. They're like, oh, this guy does good stuff. And, but it is overnight um, success. Overnight yeah, yeah, exactly. Success. You know, I mean, ten years of overnight MFers. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. So, um, but but it has allowed me to hopefully make Lamano my business moving forward. Like this, this hopefully these series is, is all I'm going to be able to do. So if this if this funds, if we can just do this yeah. through Zoop, then the subsequent issues will be out through Zoop. Okay, paperbacks will come out. More stories, like all, like I have, I've got so much planned for Lamano that. Um, that uh, now that I can just dedicate myself to it, 
it it should be very very uh, uh, robust. Uh, uh, pro, you know, I, I, hopefully I can be as prolific as I can be. You know, as I'm allowed to be over the next like couple of years, where I'm just cranking out Lamano stuff, different stories. Like I got a card game I want to do. There's like oh a whole yeah. Bunch of, yeah. Yeah, there's a, I, I, I've developed like on, it. on that D and D level like that. Uh, it's going to be like what I want it to be, or what it is. And actually, I have the the mechanics of it have been developed. I hired a professional game developer. Hey. Uh, he does card games. Uh, it, it has a, it's a dueling card game. So, you, but but you only have to buy one box of cards, and you can play one deck. Yeah, yeah, one deck. You just you deal them out randomly. It's like war kind of, but there is a little bit of defense <laughs> and uh, a little bit of offense. Are you going this route? You mean? Uh, kind of, yeah, 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 exactly. Hey, look at that. You just get a, uh, you just get a box of cards and you're ready. Not to play. many people knew about this. So they're like, Spawn had a fucking card game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, um, I, I definitely, I want, I didn't want it. I don't want to get into the weird, like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon where you've got to buy a bunch of expansion packs and yada. Like, I want you to be able to, you get the card game, you get to play the card. It's nice. and there's no, um, I wanted like a rock paper scissors kind of like mechanic to it where like. No one thing will beat everything. It's like, you know, I don't want there to be this, like, sudden death card. I want, like, well, this will beat this, but then that will beat that, and then this can beat that. You know, like, and just to kind of – and then also, you know, you, you, you've you got, like, all these different permutations of it, I think. And I don't know what the actual math is on it, but, like, there's thousands of different outcomes just on the one deck that you're going to get. So, um, yeah, and I just wanted that to, to kind of just be a dumb fun, out of the box, let's, let's sit down, shuffle up the cards. Here you go. But I also you know, want the artwork on them to be cool and killer. So, Well, if you do them, it's going to be fucking insane. <laughs> all right, thanks, I mean, man. Just look at this cover right here. Who, this is you, right? This is all me. Yeah, yeah, that's just me. I so mean, this is the shit, this is bro. the movie poster for a movie that he's made. He's making in series two. So the, the, the whole series two is going to follow him kind of dealing. Now that he's – I mean, you read this first series. Yeah, yeah I read the first series, and you, you catch on, man. Homie has a struggle, people. Yeah, but, but now that he's – now he's yeah. – got some amount of success yeah, we're kind of like what what does success really mean and what that means is hollywood comes calling and movie yeah. makers want to like an idol mascara, want, you know yeah, yeah. I won. I love they it. want to commodify him in a way that might pull him away from being a people's champion so during the course of the second series he's going to be filming this movie this, this you know uh del Misterioso. he's going to be filming this jungle movie while he's doing other things and so the through line of this is going to be him trying to get this movie made and having to fight with the studios and actors and act, all, all this stuff. And then the last issue you'll see will be the comic book adaptation of this particular movie. But we're also okay. going to see other movies that he makes. So issue one is going to have kind of a quote-unquote real-world story, then the whole movie that Tangier Target, then back to the real world. Issue two is going to be all real-world. The issue after that is going to be comic book adaptation of a movie that he made. Then we're going to go back to real-world movie, real-world movie. So there's going to be five... It real world issues and four I think uh hold on a second let me see how this works out so that that'll have that one in it <laughs> issue one two three three so there's going to be five issues or one issue will have a movie and the real world okay. four additional issues will be real world three additional issues will be movie adaptations so there's going to be four total movies there is a uh, the jungle adventure that you're going to see in making the whole series there's Tangier Target, which is going to be like a James Bond in like Flint spy movie from the 60s. Awesome. There's going to be the um, the Gamma Zotes versus the Stenobot, which is going to be a sci-fi movie, Stenobot. Giant Monster versus <laughs> Giant Robots. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, giant Robot versus Giant Monster. Right there, there. Uh, the Stenobots with the Gamma Zotes. Oh, then uh, there's going to be a uh, – so what do we got? We got spy. We got sci-fi. We've got the Jungle Adventure will be the last one. And then the one in between, the second to last one is going to be a surf movie. 
like a very like kind of like you know um, 60s surf movie. Not quite Frankie and Annette, but more like um, Big Wednesday kind of movie. You know, like just like uh, I, I just you know it happens in the 60s. So I want all of you're these making kind of, like, me 60s. think like it's gonna do like an Elvis type movie now. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about uh, <laughs> doing like honestly, if if this works really well, there is so much stuff I want to do. Like I want to do. If if the first issue and the second issue like do well enough, one of those movies might come out on vinyl. It might be a power record, so you get a twelve by twelve comic. No. And if these do well enough, like I want to do the so get voice. Make actors. it happen, people, community. Yo, <laughs> yo, make look right there. Yo, make this shit happen. A uh, power record now that would be so fire. And then I do want to do. Uh, I was thinking about doing. Uh, an album like doing like uh, like uh, like Elvis like he doesn't but I want him to do like <laughs> like those old like you know like the, like those teen tops and the hitters like those guys did like rock and espanol they took American like hey. 60s hits and they did them in Spanish I kind of want to do that but have like a very like you know Hopango kind of feel to the music Are you or like you know, for me or what? oh no no, no I'll hire somebody like, <laughs> I, I just, I'll just produce I mean. it I mean if I can find someone who can have that kind of like uh you know uh they have to sound right to, to do it but. You know, just just you know, maybe do like four songs or something. No, like at the end of the day, what you really have to do is purchase that old equipment, so that way you don't have to fake the sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many good plugins nowadays. My my daughter's a mu- music producer, so I can oh. I can have her kind of like you know, like handle. kiddo. I uh, you know what? I helped create you one night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's time you pay your dues. No, she's totally down for it. It would all be like from in my head. What I would want to do is um kind of take the like 60s folk music that's traditional songs that don't have a copyright and then do like spanish language versions of those oh my so God. things like the house of the rising sun and like you know yeah, Dink's song and and things like that that like i don't have to pay a publisher i'm like oh this is public domain i can just do these songs do it know? do it yeah yeah hey, so, what's this bro you're fucking me up with this because i've seen so, i'm a fan of that alien show and oh yeah 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 this <laughs> about this being the first astronaut yeah, I yeah. Mean, so this is uh, well, I mean, obviously it's a luchador like in that kind of Aztec bas relief like sculpture. The uh, the first page of issue one, which I I don't think I sent you, unfortunately, uh, is going to be like you're going to see the temple uh, that he's arrives at, and this temple has like luchador. It's Aztec temple, but it has all this luchador iconography throughout it, and that's where we get to that like that Olmec head that has like his mask on there. So uh, that's. So, you know, I don't want to get too much away about this. Aliens, but. aliens are fucking luchadores. That's well, where they no, got inspired. But, huh. but <laughs> I want to show that the like the luchador tradition goes back to Mesoamerica, and then, yeah, this is a blueprint for uh for the theater. So like in America, we've got like the the you know, Grauman's Chinese theater. Yeah. It's always it's all it's all Chinese themed. So, you know, in the mid you know in the in, uh, theater. So this is the movie through theater that he goes to, which yeah. is all Aztec themed. But it also has, like, the if you see, like, the sculptures on there, they have, like, little Lucha Libre Bro, masks I on there. I think you're like, about yeah. to inspire an architect right now. They're about to bring <laughs> this shit to Vegas, kid. I mean, dude, I would love to, like, you know, there there's a really great theater in L.A., downtown L.A., called the Mayan, and it's it's very much like this, mm-hmm. where it's, like, it's all, like, you know, Aztec, or kind of Mayan-themed, it's, like, Mesoamerican-themed. But I would and love to see, all like... you, bro? Yeah, yeah, that's just me designing it because okay, I needed to, I'll need to figure. <laughs> like, I need, like, I don't. If you read the trade paperback, like, I've got the floor plan for Lamano's house and stuff in there. And, yeah, like, bro, the I mean, you're like, sick. That's what I'm saying. You like, you, <laughs> you, yo, people, you don't understand. If you see this trade, please, yo, get this volume oh, you, one. Yeah, you, you can buy you, volume you, one online. Yeah, you're gonna you, dig deep. He digs deep. I mean, for, and, yeah. and, and in Gonzo's world, this is exists. You got this is real house. This is a house. You could yeah. design your own house based on this shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like I talked to an architect friend of mine. And she's like, "No, oh, that looks good. Look like you could actually build this house." I'm like, "Awesome!" So, so, 
yeah, yeah. Are you uh, proud? Did you do that intentionally? So yeah, I mean, I just wanted to make sure that nothing bugs me more than like laziness in comic books when like when you'll like see someone's like house and then the next time you see their house they're like they're missing doors or like like where does this door go to? Because you see them go around the corner and now there's like that door doesn't go anywhere. You're like I wanted to make sure that it makes sense just logistically because I don't want to get called out it. for it not making sense because that's something that bothers me. So I just when I build the space I'm like okay this is like I draw the the diagram of like sometimes I don't. I, I don't go as far always like I did with Lamano's house, but yeah. it was going to be a place he was going to be in a lot, so I made sure that it, like, it was a real space. and that you, could you are Lamano, bro. Jay Guns is Lamano, <laughs> bro, you know, and yeah. he needs to make sure he's living comfortably. Exactly, man. And also, like, I would just love that house that I built for him. You know, like, it's all stuff that I like. I mean, most of this is just shit I like. You know, like, I'm just putting in, like, the things that I, I enjoy, the cars I like, the furniture I like, the, the decor I like. Yeah, I mean, um, and, even, and even the fashion, because look at homie here, yo. Look at this design. This shit is sick. I love a wrestling priest. I mean, yep. yo, I could see this shit in the WWE or, or uh, AEW. I mean, a dude walking in like this, taking off the priestly robe, and say, I'm about to bless you, son, with a beating. <laughs> Yeah, well, that from, comes from uh, Fray Tormenta, who was a he was a, he was an actual wrestling priest. Uh, it's kind of what they loosely based on. Actual Libre wrestling priest. Yeah, in the like sixties and seventies, his name is Fray Tormenta. Uh, so that's wow. where I got the, the phrase, you know, Bestio. Yeah, like these a lot of these guys are like my homages. Like in series two, uh, I'm doing a lot of homages to wrestlers that I like, you know. Um, and this is a studio head guy that that I you know I talked about him making a movie. He's going to be a lot at odds with this guy who kind of pushes him to be more and more Whoa. this idea that he wants him to be and less and less, like, true to himself. And, so and thank you for making them look so Latino, too. Yeah, dude, that's the thing, too, is, like, I I wanted some brown-ass people in here, man. Thank <laughs> you, bro. Listen, but who are you talking to? I grew yeah, up, yeah, oh, no, man, I hear you. I'm not yeah. seeing that, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, even when I saw that movie Encanto, oh, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm Puerto Rican, not Colombian, but it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter to see... Any Latino culture on screen that way, as like especially from Disney, you know. At first, I didn't think too much of it, and I'm sitting there, and a half hour later, I'm like feeling mad emo, like holy shit, I'm seeing me on screen. Well, that's like that's part of why I created La Mano. Is like I just wanted heroism to be exemplified in something inherently Mexican. Like you know, like I wanted a little like Chicano kid to like see that kind of like you know there th that idea of like uh, of heroism. Yeah, and I also like. I want real-looking women. Like, I don't – they're not under uh, a yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I – They're women. I, I, yeah, man. They yeah, got yeah. the curves, and that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I, I want a strong, sturdy, you know, could-kick-your-ass woman. And, and uh, <laughs> Exactly, and, right? You want you want yeah. your wife to be able to beat you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I'm not condoning domestic violence. It's what I'm trying to say, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, well, if that, you know, whatever you're into. I'm, yeah, I'm well, only consenting I mean, adults. And the yeah. bedroom, that's in the... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Whatever, you, <laughs> whatever consenting adults want to do, that's their business. If, if Brujeros want to beat me up, um, you know, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, look at this. I love it, bro. Great design, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah, this is like me looking at old, like, 60s rest, like, what, really? you know, like, luchadores used to wear, and, like, they used to, like, a lot of luchadores, like, had that cool jacket they would put over their, like, singlet and stuff, and, yeah, I, I just... I like, it. I, it's all the shit I just love, man. You know, like, I, you know, I, I would take, like, oh, kind of, you know, yeah. oh, this motherfucker reminds me. Yeah, that, that, that's the Mexican crossbones right there, kid. Yeah, kind uh, of. Cazador, I know the name. Well, it was, in my head, it was, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Vigilante from DC. Mm. Like, he just had a good look to him. So, like, I kind of, like, this is my riff on the Vigilante character from DC. Yeah, man, uh, I'm so sad. I'm, see, that's another run that I had completely and so. Oh, <laughs> God. But I, I Vigilante is going to be on that uh, that Peacemaker show. Yeah, I'm Peacemaker, but 
I do have the first appearance, the first cameo of Adrian Chase, if that's him, and I yep. also got the first Vigi. So if anyone interested, let me know. I yeah, very cool. yeah you, are, you are uploading stuff, yeah. I know a guy who loves Vigilante. Uh, I'll reach out to him. And, and, I don't uh, know. If he, you know these, yeah. are, these are nice, high-grade copies. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure he already has them, but if he doesn't, I'll let him know that you're selling yeah, them. Listen, these people want – comic book investors oh, want yeah, yeah. more than one. Exactly. <laughs> that's for sure. I don't sure. care at this point. Well, he, he gorgeous designs, bro. Thanks, Tom. Oh, and mod. I love yeah. it. Wow. Yeah, bro. my take on, like, kind of, like, the mod style of the 60s, you know, like, just throw a mask on it. Like, oh, yeah, I, just, I wanted to show, like, a, a diverse range of peoples that I weren't, you know, uh, like, I wanted to show that, like, a world is happening around them, too. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's obviously influenced by the English culture of the 1960s and, you know, kind of appropriating it in a way that, like, also fits in, like, Lucha Libre. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just love dudes in fitted suits and masks on. It just looks, it's a good look. Oh, you're right, though. I mean, you know, again, hopefully people get classy again one day like that instead of wearing jeans, you know, showing yeah, up yeah. ass crack and shit, you know? <laughs> exactly. Ophelia, oh, oh, dope. Yeah, so she's the girl from the first, uh, the, the yes! little girl. Yep, that's Ophelia. Oh, shit. What that's her grown up. To her? I cannot what? wait to read this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, yeah, you'll find out. <laughs> what happened to her? Because I don't remember her this way. Yeah, I mean, she was you a little girl I mean? when you saw her last, but she, she's going to show up. Uh, she made quite the, the impression on Homie, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he's going to, you know, I really wanted. Um, I wanted this, like, world of glitz and glamour of Hollywood to be kind of pulling him in one direction, and then I wanted someone who knew him before he was Lamato to show back up Ground kind him. of, like, remind him of who he used to be. Ground yeah. his ass. Yeah, so that's going to be, like, that's why she shows back up. I but, love yep. it. No, Yo, that, see, that's real creativity, folks. Again, a person that just started the series knowing how to use his own history to throw shit back at, like, Kyo, believe you me, please get book one, because when you <laughs> Now that you see this picture, you're going to be like, oh, shit, what's going to happen in books? Yeah, so I think that anyone who backs the, the, the Zoop will get a PDF of the first issue so they can get caught up. But Please. if you want right now, you can just buy issue one. Like, it's out there. The image get version it, is get like – Get it, get it, get Yeah, you, it. you can jump onto you know, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, uh, any of those. Like, you, if you just Google search Lamano Del Destino and hit shopping, like, there's plenty of places to buy it, you know. Vampirito. Yeah. Damn, bro, he needs to eat a little more. Yeah, well, that's why I wanted this real, like, skinny, kind of wafy guy, like, I, you know, because there were so many, like, like, luchadors who were those, like, really kind of featherweight dudes who, like, were just real, like, you know, lanky kind of, I, I love, like, I want different body styles, too, yeah. like, I want, you know, so that's why those I wanted... lanky motherfuckers are the fastest. Yeah, right? Like, they, they, can, they can't reach, too, man, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's what I'm saying. You got the big dudes that you want to see them snap them in half, but nah, bro, these people are like foxes, kid. Yeah, they're hard to yeah. catch, man, that's for sure. I love it. I love look at it. And that old school look too, with the gloves and all, and his suit. Love it with the yeah, vest. Thanks, man. Hey, I am yeah, messing with yeah, yeah. I wanted uh, oh, an Exotico too. Like I did, I I wanted Exoticos in the first issue, but um, it's just like a tradition of of lucha libre that goes back to like the fifties. That like you know like. Now, in today's society, like, there's a lot of talk about trans rights and, like, accepting of transsexuals yeah. and stuff. And, like, dude, Lucha Libre's had trans people forever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, and, and, it, and it's never been an issue. You know, like, uh, Cassandra is one of my favorite, like, current wrestlers. The one that I remember the most, I was him, Adrian Adonis. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I, he, I, you know, that, that he, he was used to go in because he was the gay wrestler. I mean, like, wow. Yeah. If you go back and think about it, you're like, wow, y'all motherfuckers were fucked up or what you were trying to tell us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I wanted to make sure that I got a, uh, I got a, a Exotico in, into the, uh, as well awesome. as part of his crew that he's putting that's together. Awesome. That's the other thing is that, that first story Everybody was very, 
was very much him kind of going it alone. And this this series, I really want him to build a team of people because his world oh, is so getting bigger. Like his people. Yeah, yeah. So all the technicos here, they're all like they're all part of his group. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, Brujarosa, uh, uh, Jacinda, um, trying to think, Elmad. And um, wow. who's the other person that's in there? There's five of them. I don't know. No, he's a bad guy. So yeah, that's Arudo. Uh, no, Ophelia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Atravistio. He's, uh, those are the, the his team that he's going to be put together there. And they're all very capable people. Like, I don't want him to to be like, um, you know, uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, I, I don't want him to be, uh, t- to be, like, superior to anybody, really. I want him to have equals. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, there's there's the covered issue one. You know, you know what's funny? My father has still has one of these safari suits. Oh, nice man! Yeah, I love those '60s like that safari <laughs> kind of era that, that happened. Yeah, it's like what I don't style. tell him, Dad, if you're not using that shit, send it to me. I'm gonna wear it on the show one day. I'll make it in a safari suit. Who nice man! That? Yeah, <laughs> I just love the idea of like a, a like you know a dude in a safari suit with a lucha libre mask on is just a good visual. Some it of my is, storytelling man. is just that. Like I just think of a good drawing and I'm like. How can I get a story built around this one particular visual because it's just going to look cool? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That's it. It's fire. Yeah. And look at how it looks on the cover, bro. Sexy. Thank you, Epa. man. Thank you. And talk about that publishing press of you, man. You know, Castle and Key. Yeah, I, um, well, so I, when I, issues one and two of the first series were, um, through Diamond, they were available for order through Diamond comic distributors. And, um, you have to be a publishing entity to, to distribute through, through Diamond. I own a business, like, like I have my graphic design business, and so I'm like, uh, I, you know, but it, it, it is um, Jay Gonzo Designs, right? Like that's the, the yes. you know. So, and then the, the comic is Jay Gonzo's La Mano del Destino, so I didn't want it to be Jay Gonzo Designs presents Jay Gonzo's. <laughs> La, it's a little too self-congratulatory for my taste, so I was like, I'm going to um, I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, just make a, a DBA. Like I just, I form a DBA. Uh, I'll, I'll make my own publishing publication company. So you, and, yeah, so, for, so people are familiar on the journey. So you did X two hundred one to do mm-hmm. the DBA, not a formal LLC, so that we yeah. you operate under the business name. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it, but I do own the name. Like I trademark the name. So Castle people. No, yeah, no, trademark is trademark. But just oh, talking yeah, yeah. about the business. Yeah, yeah, because, business, yeah exactly. Know, so, I want people to understand that you know a lot of people yeah. are forced to do an LLC. Dude, yeah, well, I mean, I had an LLC already. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, you can do, like, an S-Core. You can do, you like, could you do know, all that, but a DBA is good, too. It makes yeah, it yeah, yeah. In that way, you can still get checks written to Castle and Key, you know, whatever, and cash right. them and not have to worry, like, oh, yes, I'm Castle and Key Publications, mm-hmm. but go ahead and write that to that check to mm-hmm. Jay Gonzo. Like, it just it looks more professional when you own the names yes. of, of what you're doing. Like, I hate it. When, like, I hate it. It always looks amateurish to me when someone, like, owns a business, and they're like, you know, what's your email address? And they're like, oh, well, it's... You know, Jay Gonzo at, at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no Whereas, like, my email address is at jaygonzodesigns.com. Like, I, you know, I I, uh, I own the, uh, you know, just yeah. you buy a domain, man. Get an email package. It's not that much money. And it looks more professional. It's so. not. It's not. But, yeah. And then if you buy it, if you buy it, if you get a hosting package, you can have yeah. multiple websites. And there you go. Yeah. Create as many emails as you want. Shut exactly. So. See, I'm an entrepreneur, too, kiddo. I know, man. All about yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Because I'm asking you these questions that I'm familiar with. The it, it all, uh, because it's a journey, man. Yeah, it, it all looks like you want it to just be legit, you know, like don't yeah. don't half-ass it. So, yeah, so I, oh. I own Castle and Key. Uh, you know, right now I've only ever put out Lomano's. I, I had a couple of projects that I that I might put out later. And I have, I think I put out, like, the first issue of, like, what is ne- – God, I can't remember the name. It was, uh, my friend um, uh, uh, Ryan Wynn did a book, and we put an issue out, and then he took it to another publisher. But, like, okay. it's, it's all just me, like, helping people. Because like, I know presses, and I know 
a production, yeah. and so it's just me kind of helping people out. Like I'm not. Well, I'm not looking to be image or anything. It's just it's just me and some friends, you know, like putting stuff yeah, out here. But, but what if somebody likes everything you do? They mm-hmm. come from your vibe and they say, "Yo, I would like to kind of work with you guys." Would you accept? You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll do what I can. I, do, I mean, other than having like, uh, you know, the name, like it doesn't really, uh, it's not going to get you a whole lot, you know. But I will <laughs> like, I love helping people though, and I've helped people on like their own projects just and like kind I, of doing their own thing. That's yeah. a Latino and us, my friend. We yeah, well, like, like uh, you know, what is it? A rising tide lifts all boats, right? Like we just kind of yeah, trying to make sure everybody's doing the best thing possible. I agree. I love that. that right, the thanks, man. Truth, bro. Ain't that the effing truth? So, what, 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 two? What can we expect this bad boy? So we're gonna close out uh, at the end of the month, so January, and then I'm gonna take February and March to produce it. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm saying spring because once I give files over, like at the end of like uh, of March, when I give files over to Zoop, I don't know what their production lead time is. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the state of the world. Like I, you know okay. what I mean. Like so, it's like I, I will be done with my part at the end of at the end of March. Gotcha. Um, uh, and I'm imagining, I'm hoping, I'm f- keeping my fingers crossed that the world is operating in a manner that allows for like a month to to kind of publish, you know, to print, get them over here and get them out in the world. Um, yeah, man. All I can really say is, you know, before summer, like you know, like and and I think gotcha. this is a nice kind of test case to see, like what the actual lead time is going to be like from, from dropping files off to like books in our hand. What does that look like? So the next time, like for issue two, we'll be a little better at being able to say, this is how long it's going to take. Cause all bets are off right now, man. Things that should take a week are taking six things that should take a month or taking the a world year. is just different, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it exactly. has been for two years now. I mean, yeah. we come into 2022 and the yeah. first thing I hear is, Oh, there's a new strain. Yeah, no, no. dude, I gotta say, like, God for, damn it, stop it! So for Christmas, <laughs> I bought my wife a book uh, that she that that she really dug, and I I bought it, and it was like when I bought it, they're like, okay, cool, you're gonna have it on the 22nd, so you'll have it for Christmas. Okay, excellent. While I was shopping for that book, I found a couple of books that I liked. My brother said, hey man, what do you want for Christmas? I sent him a link to those books. I'm like, oh, I like this book, and I like this book. Cool. Then I get an email from that book company saying, hey, your book's actually not going to be there till the 27th. It's going to be there after Christmas. Like, ah, shitty. But my brother got me one of the books I sent him as a link. He got me one of those for Christmas. I had it Christmas day, Christmas Eve, actually. Oh, and I'm like, shit. And I'm like, motherfucker, how did you get, like, I gave you that link days after ah. I already bought mine and paid for shipping, and you got yours before I got mine? Yeah. Who the fuck knows anymore, man, energy, when, when man. things are going to arrive? You know? But, and but all you can at- be is upset about it. Like, when... All this stuff, like I had posters printed for a convention I was going oh, to. Man. I paid for expedited printing, and it didn't show up the day it was supposed to show no. up. And then, like, you know, I paid, and then they, they refunded me the difference between expedited and regular printing. But still, it's like I'm still at a show I don't have posters for. You know, like I got a blank spot yeah. where there should be a poster. You know, and, and it's just all I can be is upset about. It. Like, I'll, there's nothing else I can do except be angry. Well, uh, hopefully now you could now kind of think, okay, so if it took him this long, if yeah. this is what I'm going to do the show, let me order it here. <laughs> that's exactly, that's kind of, that's what I've been, like, that's how I've been having to feel it out. But that, too, is like, even with the post office, with all of the, all of the, the mailings I've been having yeah. to do for my fulfillment, like, I sent stuff to England uh, over pandemic. I sent stuff to England, and it, um, obviously, they were having their lockdown, and it cost me, like, 20 like twenty two bucks, and it took like a month and a half to get there. A month then, and a half. Then I sent something like a month later, and it cost the exact same thing. It was a commission, so I, I packaged it the exact same way. It weighed the same amount. It was the same dimensions. That cost me thirty five dollars, but got there sooner, and it was oh, still wow. the same. You know, and it 
I, I don't know. Again, dude, I don't know, man. Like, who, who can say about anything anymore? You know what? So, Next time, just drive all the way to Vermont, and if it's going to the UK, just just fling it across. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I might drive to Canada, and then <laughs> just have the Canadians there, because I feel like they're going to let that shit in quicker than it, anything in America. So that's why I didn't do international shipping on uh, my personal Kickstarter, but I, th- I think that Zoop is also allowing for, like, retailer discounts oh, or wow. uh, for international shipping. Like, they're... They're set up to handle all that math, and that was just math that I couldn't do in my head because I just I, I'm a basic guy. I was like, look, this is how much it costs for X amount of books. I divide that by X amount of you know how much it costs total. Uh, that means that I have to sell them at this amount and charge this amount for shipping, and that's what the number needs to be. Uh, I can't do like, well, if I sell some for half to retailers and then send some to over, you know, the yeah. shipping on other ones. You know, I, that's algebra I can't get with or, you know, maybe, you know. It, it's, <laughs> you know uh, what? I may be able to connect you with some people that can help you. So you Yeah, know, yeah. Well, that's what you showed up. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say, you know, but even with the marketing side and everything else, yeah. I don't, you know, I see they help you with fulfillment, you know, but who does the marketing? Oh, that's all Zoop, too. They also do the marketing. Oh, oh, They've been no great about way. it. Yeah, dude, like they're, everything. Dude, they're a one-stop shop, and they're also curated, wow. too. So, like, you have to, they are going to set it up well, I mean, they're only going to let projects in that they that they think they can they can work, you know, like that they can make work. So Beautiful. I don't have to worry. Uh, a, I don't have to worry about me being next to kind of inferior product, right? Like, I don't have to worry about some guy who's the first comic ever, and like yeah. my book's right next to his. Also, I don't have to worry about um, Keanu Reeves launching a project that's going to suck all the oxygen out of my project, you know what <laughs> I mean? so, uh, which <laughs> happened with my Kickstarter. You know, like I launched like two days before Keanu Reeves launched the his. Like, so all of yeah, all of the news around. Comics and Kickstarter was berserker, and nothing else got mentioned. Everyone wanted to have a hot take on what it means for Keanu and Matt Kent to, to you know, like, oh, do they need, really need to be in case? Like, none of that's going to happen with Zoop. They're going to make sure that my shit launches, uh, and has a clear, has a clear, like, kind of like clear sky around it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there's enough breathing room around it so that uh, the next project isn't going to crowd mine out, and and potential funders or potential backers are going to be like, oh, well, what about this Keanu Reeves thing? Like. That was the thing about running a Kickstarter during the Counter Reese thing is someone who clicks on Kickstarter on the comics page, the big image they're going to see is going to be, you know, Berserker, and there's a little Lamano, and it's like, yeah, and then. No, know, that's not fair, man. That they yeah, yeah, I mean, like that because it's Kickstarter. It's, it's these are, you know, individual yeah. creators. I know that Keanu's a big name, Kickstarter. But you yeah. know what? You were doing well without the big names before. And, yeah, you know, it's so love to these cats because you wouldn't have a platform without these type of creators. Absolutely, but I mean, it, you know, it, it is what it is. But, I get it. Uh, I, but, I personally like just it. just for the ease of use and the uh, and the, the the security of knowing that aspects of this are going to be handled by trained professionals and not me. Yes. Oh, also <laughs> have to draw the book. You have help. Like, yeah, dude, having help now like, for the first time ever. Like I've never had help. Wow. I mean, by the time I got to like doing my book for Image. Everything was done. Like all I did was give them files. Like I didn't have, I didn't need them for anything. He's like, man, it's built. Like, you know, like I just yeah. had to resize it and hand it to them. So there was no, uh, there was really no other than the the uh, distribution into the direct market, like you know, libraries and bookstores. And that sort of, like that's really like what they they lend me access to. But as far as like um, everything else, like you know, I, I had done it at that point. But with Zoop and with this project, now it's like, oh, the marketing can be handled by somebody. The uh, the oh, distribution, nice. like all of that, like discounts, retailer incentives, getting into the stores, all of that, add-ons, all of the math on that stuff, that's all being handled by people who do that for a living. Woo! And I am, I am so thankful for it. Just like, create, I start... man. I mean, that's what I love, man. This is the thing it's that my I dream. It's all about. I wanted to do was draw comics. When I'm sitting yeah. here having to, like, answer emails or do, like, You don't you know, need to do that. 
figuring out forms and stuff. Like, I yeah. like uh, my studio mate hears me yell at least once a day. I just want to draw comics. That's all I want to do. Like, Leave me alone. I don't, I don't, don't want Viagra pills. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. you, but you know, but that's what's great. You know, see, you're a real entrepreneur. You want to focus on your craft, and you actually know how to build a team now or find yes. the right resources. Because again, yeah. even I state that a lot. You know, creators need to create. So. Yeah. You know, I feel like opening up services like that to help creators because I see how busy they are. Not that I'm not, but I think I have more time than they do because I want to see you guys do awesome projects that you're going to make me throw my wallet at. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I just want to make on. good work, man. Like, that's all. Like, at the end of the day, I just want the project to be good. Like, and I you're doing it. it. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you. I, Look I at it. Yeah. Right here, we're looking for 10 racks, right? We got 28 days. You're already almost at half. Yep. We have, like, multiple options here, digitals. we got 80-page signs, signed copies, variant covers. I mean, yeah. uh, art prints. I mean, uh, retailer bundles, yo, as yep. you said. I mean, how awesome. Or you can just give a tip, man. Give a tip because people like this work very hard. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, the, the, and they handle all the back end on that, like deciding what it. tier should be and, like, how that gets handled. Like, mm. dude, I, I can't tell you how great it's been working with Zoop. So, um I know it's a new platform and people kind of got used to like one a one stop shop, you know, or two stops. Like either you were gonna be Indiegogo or, or, or yeah, yeah. Right, right? Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. I've never heard anyone speak about Zoop the way you have though, and, and, oh, thanks, and so, yeah. I wasn't aware. Yeah, those are bringing so much tables. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, the the whole Indiegogo's uh, Kickstarter thing is getting a little to like getting into ideology at some point. You know what? You know what it is. Yeah, you yeah, know what's yeah. happening on Indiegogo. Yeah, yeah, and, and I just I, and groups that, that shouldn't be involved. In, yeah, I think that at the end of the day, if you want to call yourself a motherfucking gatekeeper, yeah, you, know, you shouldn't be involved in comics because no one should be a yeah. gatekeeper in this wonderful world. Yeah, well, that, that's what I love no. about Zoop, man. It's, it's allowed me to step away from all of that. Like, I don't have to. I don't have to, like, worry about any of it. I just got to make good comics, man. That's all I want to do. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> as you did because, again, I was fully engrossed in the book. Oh, I, 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 I could not drop it. Listen, for me, that is the mark of a fantastic book when you say to people, I need another 15 minutes. I'm almost done. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like you're not yeah, dropping yeah. the story. Yo, bro, the, the, the flow. The rhythm, wonderful. Um, the way that I could actually connect to the characters, job fucking done. You know, oh, thank you, man. check mark. I mean, resolution to the story. Uh, seeing uh the future of the story. Uh, just just beginning to see the world and coming from that Latino perspective too. Just you doing that and showing also, you know, there was a particular scene in the book that showed the strength of Latino women. Oh, not yeah, allowing yeah. their man to, you know, be in a certain situation. I'm like, wow, bro, you, you, yeah, bro, you repped, bro, hard, salute, bro. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate salute. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you got all of that out of there, too, yeah, because I, I, I definitely put, put, put a lot of that in there, you know, like, and, and uh, I'm glad when people pick up on it, like, when they, they I see love, the, oh, as thanks, a fellow Latino man, is like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not Mexican, I'm Boricua. Yeah. It don't matter, we all speak the same language at the yeah, end exactly. of the day. And I can understand your ass when you talk to me, so don't you worry. You know what <laughs> Thanks, I mean? man. So, Thank you. But, but, but with that, folks, uh, you know, you've been a great guest, man. Um, the one, the last thing I, I always love to leave people with, especially with the experience you've had. Mm -hmm. You've had a wild experience, apparently, you know, as, as you're trying to do the come up. You know, what's the greatest piece of advice you would give creators also trying to come up? Uh, the thing I, I, I've distilled all of my advice down to is, like, one phrase, man. 
draw like you mean it. Mm. Like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like just mm. put your heart into it, man. Like you know, don't don't fuck around. Don't look at money grabs. Don't look at what's trendy. Don't look at what's popular. Draw what's in your heart. Put it on the paper. Draw like you mean it. That's the simplest advice I can give to anyone. That shit is I've never heard that either, and that's so so truthful because in this book you see that that you drew as you meant it like he oh this is my book the coloring the the action scenes everything the the even now the emotions I mean you know you you're not you're not a bland artist from I mean we see <laughs> emotion through the book your storytelling technique I'm giving you your flowers bro thank you. Thank you for putting oh. yourself out there like that, bro, and just sharing your story, being bold enough to do that. Uh, I'm very proud of you as a, as a Latino, you know, but as a comic book fan, I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Gonzo, bro. You, oh. You're doing it, bro. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Now, so yeah. with that, bro, folks, please, please, right? This, you know, uh, part two, right? They yeah, got part two. Got yeah, right yeah. Head over to zoop.gg. Uh, you know, it, it, it's on the main page right now, and I think it will be for hey, at least the next couple of weeks. So if not, there's a link there that has the – that's the direct link to the campaign page. But if you go there now, it's zoop.gg. It'll be the, uh, on the main page. And, again, if you want to get caught up, issue one's out – or, sorry, volume yeah. one's out there. Yeah, volume Google's, one. Don't yeah, get yeah. issue one. Get the whole yeah, fucking volume, get the volume one. one. Yeah, yeah. That shit is fire, son. You don't yeah. understand. That shit, is, that shit is massive fire. I love Thank it. You. Thanks, man. I appreciate right. that. And, and, you know, and stay up to date on everything Jay is doing on Instagram, yep. Twitter, Facebook or Meta, whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just got I got to, I got hacked and banned from Facebook for a month, so I might be what? back in a couple of days. Yeah, some someone hacked my account, posted some stuff that got me banned for 30 days or blocked for 30 days. Like, And then, so I'm not going to be on there for the next couple of weeks. I don't even know what it is. Like, and you can't interact with Facebook unless you're logged into Facebook, and I couldn't log in. So, That's uh, kind of stupid, too, because if they see that you are posting things yeah. outside of your normal parameter, yeah. if they believe in algorithms so much, they should contact you. Hey, I'm from Facebook. Something seems to be really weird with your posting. Yeah. Is everything okay? Then you can say, yo, I got hacked. I yeah, mean, no, bro, they just, just banned me. <laughs> yo, Zuckerberg, get smart, bro. If yeah, you don't so, worry about fucking algorithms, understand yeah. how people work. So I may or may not be back there, but if you want Twitter, uh, the Twitter follow, I'm, I'm there now. And Instagram, I'm, I'm always on Instagram. Not always, but I'm, I'm there almost all days, every day. So, yeah, check me out at those places now. Might be back on Facebook. Who knows? We'll see you in might a couple be, of weeks. Might be, But yeah, who yeah. cares? Because this shit is real right there. But go to Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Support this amazing project. Folks, again, I recommend this 150%. It's an amazing read with that volume one. You know, you saw my reaction when I'm starting to see things like, oh, this shit. And it's especially an older girl here, like, especially when you see what I mean, it's like, wow, what's going to happen with her? Because if you saw in this picture, something, something's up. <laughs> so I can't wait to kind of dig in and find out what that up is. All right. So, yo, Jay, you've been nothing but incredible. I appreciate it. I can't wait to get the next book. I can't wait to see this is some telenovela on Telemundo one day. <laughs> I'd love that, man. We'll try to make that happen, too. Los Dias de Luchadores. You know? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it, brother. Folks, you. you know what to do, man. My also tells you everything to do, man. But show the love to amazing creators like Jay. All right? You know, this is what we do. We celebrate independent creators all the time. Jay, thank you again. Oh, and with you, that, man. hasta la próxima, mi gente. Later. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. 
Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 